Welcome back everyone to another episode of Psycho Cinematic. Today we'll be covering Knock at the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, and as always, spoilers ahead. So first things first, I had no idea this was based on a book. It's apparently based on the book called A Cabin at the End of the World, by Paul Tremblay, if I'm saying that correctly. So this film opens up with when catching grasshoppers, and I knew this was already gonna be significant, so I wrote it down, and Leonard shows up and starts helping her as well, but he says some interesting things. When they go to add another grasshopper to the jar, Leonard says to let the ones inside calm down, you don't want them to panic. And that's basically his entire goal when he goes to the cabin is he doesn't want the family to panic because he needs them to make an important decision that's going to change the entire world. And the jar is equivalent to the house. I thought it was interesting when Leonard is talking to Wen about representation of gay parents in TV and whether or not that bothers her. And it doesn't bother her. She says that it's her counselor's comments that makes her feel like maybe it's not an okay thing that she has two dads. And the gay parents theme comes up later in this movie when Andrew Andrew suspects that they're being targeted solely because they are gay. And I am not sure if this is commentary on the fact that in today's political climate, a lot of people seem to think that if some, something opposes them, that it might be mostly motivated by race, gender, sexual preference, what have you, or is he making commentary on the fact that this whole movie revolves around the four horsemen, so religion, and maybe they were selected because that's God's way of saying you two won't get to be together as a gay couple unless you pay dearly for it. I lean towards the first one, but it could easily be the second one. I dug the Jehovah's Witness joke when they're saying like me and my associates are out front and we have something we need to tell you that's going to change the world, something like that. I'm probably butchering it because I didn't write down the full joke, but it was just so funny. Like, are they Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> and it's at this point, we're getting introduced to all the other horsemen of the four horsemen. And there's Redman, who's Rupert Grint, who plays Ron and Harry. Harry Potter, and when they're trying to get into the house, I wrote down, why doesn't he just cast a Laura Mora to open up the cabin? That would be so much easier. Ah, and the infamous M. Night cameo. He's selling air fryers, and I loved it. It was very funny. Little quick thing. The tsunami happens, and just any imagery about giant waves or tsunamis just terrifies me. After I almost drowned in Hawaii, I have a crazy fear of waves. I pray I never have to be anywhere near a tsunami. Ever. Also, it's interesting because when I saw the trailer and that the tsunami was in the trailer, I thought back to Signs because Signs was the first time that M. Night UCG in a film and just thinking like how far he's come and how many more films he's done. And I like that he doesn't shy away from it. I do think the CG in here could have been maybe a little bit better. I thought the wave looked fine, but the uh the cabin on fire at the end kind of looked a little weird to me. So I was a little bummed that they straight up said the four horsemen in this movie because it kind of takes away the fun of trying to pick apart the symbolism when you flat out say four horsemen. Anyway, Revelation 6, I looked it up in the Bible. That's where the four horsemen are. It's interesting because they are color-coded like the four horsemen in this movie, but this movie didn't quite follow it exactly, nor did they follow the order that these horsemen go in or the weapons that they're using. The order of the colors in the Bible goes white, red, black, pale. I don't know the difference between white and pale, but I'm sure back in the day that meant something. And in this film, Leonard, who I'm guessing is white, does show up first, but he's not the first one to die. And Redman is, which is funny that 
his name's Redman, and he's the red one. But anyway, in the Bible, the red horseman is given permission to take peace from the earth. Then after the red is the black, and I'm guessing the black horseman was the chef woman in here. I don't remember how her name's pronounced. In the cast list, it says Adrian or Adrienne. I, I don't know. But in the Bible, the black horseman has to do with a little bit of food, and she's the chef in this film. In this film, and in many other films, color of the clothing matters, and my wife pointed out to me that Eric was always wearing blue, whereas Andrew was always wearing gray. Andrew's color doesn't have much significance, but blue is always of significance. Like if you remember in Get Out, Chris is the only one who wears blue. Basically, everyone else is wearing red. So the fact that Eric is wearing blue this entire movie is a little bit of foreshadowing that he is going to be of significance, so you could probably guess that he will either be doing the sacrificing or he will be the one sacrificed. And my wife also pointed this out to me, Eric was the one who told Wen to go into the treehouse and stay there until one of us comes up to get you. And she only hugs Eric goodbye, but not Andrew, as if she knows what's going to happen. I also wrote down that the treehouse and the last two shots that we see there seem very symbolic because Andrew is ascending into the treehouse, into what seems like a safe haven now that he's made the choice, or a heaven. Meanwhile, a literal tree that is on fire is crashing into the cabin kind of symbolizing what could have been, what he saved the world from, or even hell. I thought about this while we were driving home from the theater, and this is probably the best joke moral of story that I could come up with. M. Night was going to make sure that you were going to watch his sequel to Avatar. This is Avatar 2. Hear me out. Let's think of these disasters real quick. Tsunami, water. We've got the virus, which is a little bit of a stretch, but earth. Planes falling out of the sky, air. Darkness, storms, and fire. Fire! You got suckered into watching Avatar 2. You got me, Mr. Shyamalan. Now, if you're clicking on this video, went down to the description for the chapters of the twist. The twist is there is no twist. You gotta love that. M. Night has peaked. Overall, I enjoyed this movie. I would give it a seven and a half out of 10. Basically, what we saw in the trailer is what we got. And I can't be mad at that. The premise was good. It was interesting. I know he could have taken it a million different directions, but I guess since he's based it off of a book, maybe he didn't want to take too many liberties there. I'm not sure. But overall, it was a good watch. And that's all I have for you guys today on Knock at the Cabin. Let me know down in the comments below what you thought of this movie. And then don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't already. And I'll see you in the next one.